if you soak your beans and grains overnight and cook them thoroughly, you can pretty much rest on the ability to incorporate these foods safely into your everyday. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me, and let's squeeze the joy out of this life, because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Grains, they've gotten a bad rap. And the idea you have to avoid them, or worse, eliminate them entirely from your everyday eating plan is pretty much BS. Did I just hear your fork drop? Well, we've heard a lot about carbs, this big category of food, being the foundation of the evil empire. (laughs) It's as if the mere utterance of the word is enough to make you gain five pounds and become permanently bloated. But the confusion lies in the fact that carbohydrates show up in a myriad of forms. They're an integral component of fruit, vegetables, grains, nuts, seeds, legumes. And they have a really important place in your diet. They can deliver a ton of nutrients, including essential amino acids. Essential. I'm talking about the building blocks of humanity. Especially if you're vegan or vegetarian and not eating any animal protein, they're pretty much non-negotiable. And the truth is grains and carbs have a really important place in your diet. But they are a huge category, and to just throw the baby out with the bathwater is a little silly. But you may have heard about popular books like Grain Brain or Wheat Belly and why they recommend avoiding the whole category. But I really want to unpack this because my understanding of nutrition is very different. Avoiding the whole grain category is like saying Avoid exercise because you might pull a muscle. But the benefits far outweigh the risks. It's just how you do it. The proportion, the form, and how you bring it all together. If you travel around the world, you'll find that grains play a pretty major role in the global diet. Rice, wheat berries, for example, farro, kamut, quinoa. I mean, they're in different pockets of the world. Combined with beans, they're like the perfect protein profile. And they are substantive for people in developing countries where meat is pretty much a luxury. So let's break this down a little bit more. What are we talking about when we're talking about grains? There's a whole category of gluten-free superfood grains that need to make their way onto your plate for a lot of different reasons. And I'm going to break them down for you in this episode. We're also going to talk about how to cook them, how much to eat, how do you prepare them, and how do you consume them so that they are delicious and nutritious. 
I want to help you undo all of the preconceived notions you might have about grains. So off to nutrition therapy class we go. Let's boil it down. There is, number one, a huge difference between processed flour products like like baked goods, including muffins, breads, desserts, cookies, and snack foods. And even within those categories, there are a lot of differences. Between those and single-ingredient, gluten-free superfood grains. Okay, let's break this down because this is a big category. Most of the issues that people have from eating these foods are from processed flours, hydrogenated oils, and other ingredients like quick-rise yeasts that actually contribute to these gut issues. It's not just the flour. You can have a really good quality grain flour that doesn't add to all of these digestive problems. I'll give you an example. Here in the U.S., quick-rise yeasts are rampant, okay? And they are used to accelerate, obviously, the the rising process. But they also can create havoc in your gut. Whereas fermented starters that are often found in sourdough or, you know, when you go to other countries, like you go to Italy and you eat the bread and the pasta and you don't have these gluten issues, it's because the flour and the yeasts that are used in those breads are very different. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. When it comes to the single-ingredient superfood grains that I'm talking about, and I dive in really deep into the subject in my book, Eat Like You Give a Fork, The Real Dish on Eating to Thrive, the super kind usually fall in the ancient grains category. And when they're in their whole state, as close to as nature intended, they are truly superfoods. They're loaded with B vitamins and different essential minerals like magnesium. They even contain a substantive amount of protein, which again, if you are not eating animal-based proteins, you need these in your everyday. And they can aid in the fat burning process. Plus they're a source of tremendous fiber and that can lower your risk for heart disease and high cholesterol and heal your gut, not accelerate the degradation of your gut. So how do you know which ones to pick? Well, here's a little survey to help you evaluate if that grain is worth your saliva. Number one, is it minimally processed? Can you recognize it in its whole form? That's number two, by the way. Number three, does it have added ingredients? And if they do, can you recognize what they are? I'm not saying that you have to buy a grain in the bulk bin for it to be nutritious. But if you're looking at a list of 30, 40 ingredients, and you can't recognize or understand what most of those are, it's probably best to go back to the bulk bin and get them in their whole form. Is it grown on a plant or is it made in a plant? You know, soybeans can be a really great part of your diet, but if it's ground up and processed with a bunch of other ingredients, I would just question that and try and get back to the whole form. Number five, does it taste good? I mean, taste is pretty important. And if they're not tasting good, you might want to take a look at how you're preparing them. And I will dive deep into that in just a few minutes. And then lastly, does it contain detectable nutrients? As I shared, there are a ton of benefits from these super kind of grains. And I want you to get more of those into your everyday. 
So let's break down what these grains do for you. And by the way, if your answer to all of those questions was, yes, it does taste good, it is minimally processed, it is in its whole form, I want you to really drop the guilt and shame around grains. I mean, the grain shaming really needs to go by the wayside, if you ask me. So carbohydrates, specifically grains, can help to feed your brain with glucose, okay? And you need that quick energy in order to quickly react. They have a place in your everyday. And the kind that don't spike your blood sugar are the best because they're full of fiber. They're going to help keep you regular. They're going to help keep those toxins moving through your body, which is so important to overall health. And nobody likes to feel clogged up, let's face it. But to add to that, they can make you feel good by encouraging the production of serotonin. And more of that feel-good juice coursing through your veins is a good thing. We should all have that in our everyday. Plus, that quick boost of energy you get that helps to keep you from crashing throughout the day can be used in a positive way. Think about before a workout or as a pick-me-up in the afternoon to avoid that slump where normally you'd be reaching for the energy drinks. They can load you up with stress-reducing vitamins, those B vitamins that are so essential to help you managing that everyday stuff. You know, that stuff that bogs you down in life. And they can feed you to the core with minerals that boost metabolism and stoke the fire in your body to burn baby burn fat. It's all where it's at when it comes to single ingredient superfoods grains. Now, size does matter. And grains add texture and can help you feel fuller and more satisfied for longer, which is amazing. But usually the problem is in the proportions. You're not getting to eat cups and cups and cups of cooked grains every day. But you can feel good about getting about 25% of your daily intake of nutrients from a variety of gluten-free super grains, from breakfast to dinner and snacks in between, and still turn your body into a fat-burning machine. Because you will feel fuller longer. That's the beautiful thing. So imagine just reaching your fork into a beautiful risotto made with amaranth or millet or black rice even, maybe even arborio rice. It's okay. You can do this with this plan. It's how you cook it, what you add to it, how you top it, and the proportions that you eat it in. And I dive really, really deep into that, into the convertible meal section of my book. Now, before I get into how to pull the best from them taste-wise, because let's face it, brown rice is not one of the most exciting foods on its own, I want to dive a little bit into another misconception about grains and legumes and put your mind at ease, and that is lectins. This is the question that pops up continuously from savvy foodies when I talk about including superfood grains in your everyday eating plan. What are lectins? Lectins are a family of proteins, and gluten is a protein, but lectins are a family of proteins that show up in pretty much all plant foods, but mostly grains, beans, peanuts, and nightshade vegetables like eggplant and tomatoes. And they can wreak havoc on your gut. Some people just have an intolerance to them. They're the part of the plant's defenses that protect them against invaders like insects. So consequently, they've been associated with having an inflammatory and even a potentially toxic effect on us humans who eat them. But here's the part that doesn't get mentioned like it should. 
lectins are pretty much eliminated with soaking and cooking. And I don't know about you, but munching on raw kidney beans and rice is not my thing. I mean, you've got to cook them. And when you soak them, you up the ante of eliminating those lectins that can help to even further with digestibility. If you soak your beans and grains overnight and cook them thoroughly, you can pretty much rest on the ability to incorporate these foods safely into your everyday. Okay, now let's talk about gluten-free super grains. I call them GFSGs for short. And man, there are so many options, it'll blow your mind. Let's get past the brown rice for just a second and talk about a bunch of other options. And here's the thing, don't be intimidated by cooking them. You can grab them from the bulk bin at your local grocery store or find them online or buy them in a package, but the proportions of eating them is pretty simple. It's almost always a cup of grains for two cups of liquid, with some exceptions, but I got you covered on that. Just check out the book and you'll learn how to cook all of them. But let's talk about a few of them that I love. Amaranth. Now, this is a gluten-free grain that was a major source of nutrition for the Aztecs. And its heritage can be traced back over 8,000 years. It grows in the harshest of conditions. I mean, it's a survivor after all, and offers about five grams of protein and two grams of fat per half cup serving. So yes, you can get this great protein from your grains. And it's got anti-inflammatory, digestion-boosting, cholesterol-lowering, and weight-loss-accelerating powers up the yin yang. But it's especially helpful if you're trying to build muscle because it's rich in the amino acid lysine. And athletes often use it as a protein supplement, but hey, you can get it in its whole food source. It's also a great source of folate. So if you're pregnant or thinking about making a baby, it's a good idea to add it to your daily rep because it helps to stimulate healthy new cells, which after all, we could all use. And its nutty flavor makes it a great candidate for a warm or cold breakfast cereal, rice pudding, or even as a side dish. And it breaks down easily, so it can be used to thicken stews, chili, and gumbo. I mean, amaranth. Have you ever tried amaranth? I think you need to go out and get some. Black rice, here's another one that I love. And while you might be familiar with the nutrient power of brown rice, I would suggest you try black rice. It has always been known as forbidden rice because it was reserved for the Chinese royalty, but now it's available everywhere. You don't have to be a king or a queen to have it. And it is rich in that super class of antioxidants called anthocyanins, and that's what gives it its beautiful color. So it's got great anti-inflammatory power. So when you hear about grains contributing to a bad gut, I'm just saying it's not all of them. Plus, here's the great part. It's got eight and a half grams of protein and five grams of fiber per half cup cooked serving. That is a lot of protein. So look at it this way. It's great nutrient value. It's gorgeous because when you add it to the plate, it's got that beautiful color and it's a little exotic. So when you eat with your eyes first, I'm just saying it makes you full from the get-go. Now, a few others that I really love, like buckwheat. Buckwheat is actually not a wheat, and it's neither a grain or a wheat. It's just like quinoa or quinoa, its fun little sister. 
it is the seed and it's full of trace minerals and it's naturally gluten-free. Now you can incorporate buckwheat flour into waffles, for example. You can use whole buckwheat in stuffings and pilafs. And as a kid, I grew up with it as a breakfast cereal. My mom would stew it in um, a little bit of rice milk and add cinnamon, walnuts, and shredded coconut. It is so delicious. And it's a great alternative to oatmeal, for example, if you're looking for something different. And it's definitely hearty. So you will feel so satisfied after eating that cereal. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Another one that I love is millet. Millet is full of heart health. And since it's rich in magnesium, it helps to reduce blood pressure and the risk of a heart attack or stroke. Plus, it's an awesome source of potassium, which is great for regulating your blood pressure. And you can make millet just like you would any other side dish. I like to season it with a little bit of um, a little bit of spice. It just adds a lot of flavor to it. And I'll go through a whole array of different ways to season these greens in just a minute. And another one is teff. It might sound funny, but this grain is really legit. It's supercharged and offers a tremendous source of energy with relatively low calories. Teff has a higher nutrient content than whole wheat, and it's more easily digested. Plus, it provides calcium, fiber, protein, and antioxidants. So the list goes on and on, but what I'm saying is you don't have to feel like there's just rice to turn to. There's a whole slew of super grains that are gluten-free. And in addition to those, there are some that aren't gluten-free, but they're still great choices for people who don't have gluten sensitivities. Now keep in mind, gluten is a protein. You might be going, well, I've never had problems with gluten. And if you are one of those, you can still have some of these amazing ancient grains, like farro. Farro is one of my favorites. And it dates back to ancient times where in, uh, you know, in the Mediterranean, farro was a big part of the diet. It's got one of the highest fiber contents of all of its sisters at eight grams per half cup serving. And you can incorporate it into so many different things like you can with the gluten-free grains, but it's got a great bite. So if you don't like when grains get mushy, this is a really good alternative. Uh, pasta made from farro flour is one of the best I've ever tasted. So give it a go if gluten is not a problem. Kamut is another one, and it comes from the Khorasan wheat. Khorasan, Khorasan. I'm never really sure how to pronounce that. Khorasan, maybe. And it's making a comeback because it's known for its firm texture and nutty, buttery taste. And it's got a lot of energy packed in there with a whopping 11 grams of protein per half cup serving. So again, if you're down with the gluten, it's got a little bit of gluten in it, but it's very easily digested. And its amino acid profile is off the charts. If you're looking to build muscle mass, this is it. Sometimes it's even called the Pharaoh's wheat because it dates back to the time of the Pharaohs. And legend has it that even Noah saved it on the ark. So there you go. Another one that I really like is barley. 
You know, barley's been around forever. It's got 10 grams of fiber, which is another nutrient-dense grain, and it's got 7 grams of protein. It's kind of pedestrian in the fact that it's just been around forever, but barley has a fiber that is called beta-glucan, and it binds to toxins and helps push them out through your system. So literally, it's like the, the, imagine the broom that's going through your intestines and your gut to help you lasso that literal crap and get it out of your body. I mean, talk about toxin-free environment, that's where barley can come in. So all of these grains are good. They are good in the right amount, cooked the right way, processed by your body to help maximize efficiency in your digestion. Now, grains for the most part are the seeds of grasses. And the beautiful thing is you can sprout a grain. Sprouting can be done in as little as 24 hours. And sprouting can really up the nutrient content. Sprouting grains packs generous amounts of B vitamins, vitamin C, folate, fiber, omega-3s, protein, and essential amino acids. And they also tend to be easier to digest. So people with grain allergies can usually stomach sprouted grains. And then sprouting also puts you lower on the glycemic index, which is great news for people who are diabetic or trying to maintain blood sugar levels. And everybody needs to do that, by the way. So look for sprouted grains in everything from tortillas to sliced bread to pizza crusts. One of my favorite breads is the Ezekiel bread, and it uses sprouted grains, and it's so easy to digest, you guys. If you are sensitive to that, even try sprouting your own. You can put beans, legumes, things like that into water, and they will start to sprout within 24 hours to just a few days. Now, when it comes to adding flavor, and y'all, we got to add some flavor to our grains to help keep them interesting and dynamic, you can change the cooking liquids. So instead of just using water, you can use low-sodium broth. You can use veggie broth, chicken, beef, for example, even bone broth to to steep your grains and your beans for that matter. You can use miso soup. You can use infused water. You know, for every two cups of liquid, you can add some fresh lemon juice or turmeric or ginger, even ginger powder, garlic powder, curry powder, saffron, ground cumin. These all will help to make your grains that much tastier. And when you're doing breakfast grains, I always steep those in nut milk, like coconut milk or cashew, almond milk. You can do it in rice milk if you have a nut uh, allergy, for example, or oat milk. Those are great ways to steep your grains and add a lot of flavor and nutrition, by the way. You can also top them with a variety of different things to make them interesting, like black or white sesame seeds. Sometimes those are called gomazio, dried blueberries, uh, goji berries, furikake, just say that 10 times fast. My, one of my favorite words ever. <laughs> and I've got a recipe for that Japanese seasoning with seaweed in my book. Make your own because sometimes they add fillers that I don't love. But if you follow the recipe, that gets you that delicious umami and 
um, and rounded flavor profile that I talk about in the first part of the book that has you craving more savory versus sweet, which is really important for your taste buds. You can do toasted nuts like pine nuts, slivered almonds, chopped walnuts, crispy onions that you can do in your air fryer, for example. You can add shredded vegetables, microgreens, spicy sprouts, and the list goes on and on and on. So envision this. You've got a tasty bowl, and I'm all about the bowl meals because it just helps you see your nutrition all in one. You've got some delicious black rice or millet, and you've got a topping of that forakake, and you've got some you know, delicious proteins cooked off. You've got veggies. You've got a little raw veggie, maybe some cooked veggies. You've got some pickled onions or veggie, you know, veggies like in the quick cook vegetables that I show you how to make in the book. Quickles, I call them for short. And you've got this great bowl that you can eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and everything in between. Those convertible meals make life so easy. Cook the grain once and have it in a variety of dishes. Sound versatile? Yes, it is. And it has a place in your everyday eating habits. So I hope you've learned that grains don't need to go out the door. They can be good for your brain. They can be good for your health. They can be good for your gut. And they can certainly satiate you to the core. I hope that you'll try a variety of different grains and explore them and let me know what you've tried and how you've prepared so that we can share it with the world. Post your pictures on social media and tag us at Eat Cleaner and let me know how creative you've gotten with your single ingredient super grains. Let's hear it for all the greenies. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.